Hello there, welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers and this week's show comes to you from Kigali in Rwanda where the 2016 African Nations Championship Finals are taking place. Nigeria got off to a flying start with a 4-1 win over Niger. We hear from Super Eagles coach Sunday Olise. He talks about how he handles the pressure of the job. I captained this nation for years, so I know what the nation is like and I know what my country is like. Like I said, Nigeria is the, nation, is the only nation in the world where we don't know friendly games. You have to just win it. And we catch up with how the African players are doing in the English Premier League and the final part of our profile of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger, where Stuart Weir this week explains what Wenger's philosophy is. You want people to wake up in the morning with an excitement of going to the stadium and for them to go home having enjoyed themselves. That's all coming up on the show. I'm in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda. The 2016 African Nations Championship, or CHAN, is being held here. This is the official song for the fourth edition of the tournament, which was introduced in 2009 as a version of the Africa Cup of Nations for home base players only, with the aim of showcasing the talent of those who play in their own domestic leagues. Well, I'm having a great time here. The city of Kigali is well developed. The country is beautiful. The stadiums are great. The crowds are fantastic. And the welcome has been warm. Rwanda is known as the land of a thousand hills. And I'm looking across from my hotel room at green valleys. And when you're driving here, you're either going up a hill or down a hill. It's like there's almost nowhere that's flat. So you need a car that's got a good engine and good brakes to get around here. Well, this is the biggest sports event ever held in Rwanda. $21 million has been spent on upgrading stadiums, and President Paul Kagame has been very enthusiastic about this tournament. He was at the opening game last weekend. Well, people are excited about hosting the African Nations Championship. Rwanda have won their first two games. They're already through to the quarterfinals, and the crowds have been crazy when Rwanda have been playing. But also in the games where Rwanda are not playing, there are still full stadiums as people are making the most of hosting the 16-team tournament. I spoke to one of the thousands of Rwandans who are turning up for the matches. He says he's enjoying being part of the event. It is a good competition because, as you see, there is much fans. At the, this ground, the main peoples are youth. As you know, the youth like to, to fans the football. And uh, Rwanda didn't play today. Why did you come to support? I, I am coming to, to fans because I like the Nigeria. And how proud do you feel that your country's holding this big, big competition? I'm, um, I'm happy. The, the Rwandan people are happy because they are champions. As you see, there is fans in different edges of this ground. What are you hoping for from Amo Vubi, Rwanda team? That team, it is winning. It is winning every day, as you see. It's winning what? The determination that we have is to win. To win the cup. To win the cup.
While the Amavubi, or the wasps, of Rwanda are definitely in with a big shout, they've already stung the elephants of Ivory Coast and they've stung the panthers of Gabon. Well, as this competition, the African Nations Championship, is only for home-based players, it gives coaches a chance to assess the talent in their country's local league. I spoke to Nigeria coach Sunday Olise after his team were impressive 4-1 winners over Niger in their opening game. I asked him what he's hoping to get out of this tournament. I'm trying to get uh, international experience for young players that hopefully will serve us in the World Cup qualifiers and the Nations Cup qualifiers. And it's a great opportunity for them to get international exposure and the pressure that comes with it and the benefits that comes with it. And when you're naming any 23-man squad, it must be such a big challenge because you've got Nigerians in the English Premier League, in the lower divisions, all over Europe, plus these home-based guys as well. How much a challenge is it to come up with a 23-man squad for any game? Yeah, what I just did was that I just laid out the philosophy to everybody. And when we come, we invite um, players from everywhere. And the players who meet up the best to what we ask of them in the training, those are the players we play. Otherwise, we'll not be able to separate home-based and professional-based players. And when you took up the job, must be incredible pressure being the Super Eagles coach because there are millions of Nigerians who all think they can do better than you. Some <laughs> agree, some disagree with every decision that you, you take. When you decided to become coach, did you consider all that? Yeah, of course I did. I, I captained this nation for years, so I know what the nation is like and I know what my country is like. Like I said, Nigeria is the, nation, is the only nation in the world where we don't know friendly games. You have to just win it. I think also from a human point of view, if you've been able to coach Nigeria and instill your own philosophy of play, I think you can coach anywhere in the world. And that's, what's, um, that's my motivation. Just finally, Coach, what would you say about Odion Igalo winning the Barclays December Player of the Month award in England? Well, I think he deserves it. He's a great guy, he's a great player, a great human being. And um, I'm just praying that the man stays healthy for me, you know, for the national team. So, so that's it. That's Nigeria coach Sunday Olise, still with many fans to convince, but a good run here at the African Nations Championship would go a long way. He spoke highly of Odion Igalo there, and we have some WhatsApp comments on Igalo a bit later on the show. Well, Solomon Ashams is back on the show after an absence of a couple of weeks. Uh, good to have you back, Solomon. Um, what do you think of the tricky job that Olise has? It is never easy being the Super Eagles uh, coach, coaching a team uh, of a nation that always expects you to go out and win. And sometimes even when you win without playing good football or when you win by scoring uh, fewer goals, you know, the fans turn against you and the football federation also put pressure on you. So it, it is really a, a big deal, you know, being a Super Eagles coach. And, and one thing for sure is as a coach of a Super Eagles, you don't have to allow the pressure to really get to affect your tactics, your philosophy and your goals for the Super Eagles. You don't have to allow external pressure. You know, you have to just believe in yourself and surround yourself and sometimes make yourself immune to some of the pressure, some of the criticism, uh, you know, uh, some of the evaluation by the millions of football fans who feel they know better. And that way you're going to be able to, you know, concentrate on your job and achieve a result within a short space of time. There's been a lot of uh, talk around uh, Emmanuel MNEK before he retired, you know, that he's better than, uh, you know, Igalo, Odeon, and, and, and that continued for, for quite 
quite a while. So choosing uh, players, it, it depends on the philosophies. And I like the philosophy of uh, Sunday Olisi saying, look, we invite players, they come, they train, we watch them, and we st- we decide from there. So you don't decide only based on the form of the uh, player for his club site, but inviting him to play for uh, the Super Eagles, playing in camp for a while and watching and observing, then you decide if he is suited for, for a midfield position or a defense position based on what you want to achieve and also based on your next opponent. So th- that is indeed a very key. And, and uh, that way you're going to be able to give every player a chance and at the same time be able to access them uh, from a very close range. Thanks, Solomon. It's not an easy job being the coach of Nigeria's Super Eagles. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, coming to you from Kigali in Rwanda, where the African Nations Championship finals are being held with great enthusiasm from the people of Rwanda. Also enthusiastic are the people of neighbouring DR Congo. They've turned up in thousands, travelling across the border, as the Leopards have made a great start, winning their first two games to go into the quarterfinals in impressive fashion. Well, now let's go to the UK for the final part of a series that I've really enjoyed. That's Stuart Weir's profile of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger, who will this year mark an incredible 20 years as manager of the London club. Over the years, Wenger has worked with star African players such as Nigeria's Wanko Kanu and the Ivorians Kolo Toure and Emmanuel Ebue. We've heard about how Wenger has transformed Arsenal as a club and how he has a strong character. He can be serious and thoughtful and has had fallouts with former Manchester United manager Sir Alex Ferguson and former Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho. Well, this week, Stuart looks at what Wenger stands for as a manager. How would we sum up Arsene Wenger's management philosophy? Well, let's start with something the man himself said. We are in a job where you have to win. But the truth is, the ambition of every club must be to win with style. You think about people who pay a lot of money to come and watch the matches. You want people to wake up in the morning with an excitement of going to the stadium and for them to go home having enjoyed themselves. In fact, the real goal of professional football entails not just winning, but also people discovering the pleasure of watching something beautiful. So Arsene Wenger believes that winning is not the be-all and end-all. How you play is even more important. Some managers, like Jose Mourinho, will set up a team to win at all costs and then try to add flair afterwards. But Wenger will begin with the philosophy of entertaining and then try to work out how to win. Remember when Chelsea won at Liverpool to secure the league championship a couple of years ago and they were accused of parking the bus in front of the Liverpool goal. Now, that's something that Wenger would would never be accused of, I think. Now, when Mourinho was at Chelsea and he and Wenger used to meet, it was not just a clash of personalities or management styles. It was just a completely different view of life. With Wenger putting the onus on players to win games, Mourinho putting the onus on tactics. And last season, Arsenal lost 6-0 to Chelsea. When the game was lost, many teams would have shut down and defended, but not Wenger. His team continued to attack and concede more goals. And interestingly, among the biggest criticisms of Wenger is his approach to tactics. 
with a lot of people saying that he puts a lot less into the tactical side of the game compared to the managers at most of the other top clubs. His whole management philosophy is based on attacking football and giving freedom to the players. You know, he does some coaching, of course, but the principal idea is to set the players free to play. He also likes to keep a small squad because he believes this forges good camaraderie rather than having to deal with a raft of disaffected players who are not in the first team. But, of course, the downside is that he's unable to rest and rotate his squad as much as Manchester United or Chelsea or Man City, for example. He really likes to develop players. Even when he's got money to spend, you sort of feel that he likes to stick to his vision and produce players rather than buy them. And throughout his reign, there have been numerous examples of players who've come in cheap, gone on to play well for Arsenal before fetching transfer fees well in excess of what they cost. This record is testament to Wenger's ability to spot raw talent, realize the potential in that talent by improving the player, giving them a chance on the first team, and then selling them on. You know, Kolo Torre is a great example of this. He's almost the perfect combination of circumstances for Wenger because he was bought as an unknown player, virtually on a free transfer, he was a pretty average midfield player when he came, and Wenger turned him into a world-class defender. Building a team from these ingredients is for Wenger far more satisfying than assembling one from record signings. And now that Alex Ferguson has gone, he is by far the longest-serving manager, having completed 19 years, and it'll be interesting to see how many more years he will stay at Arsenal. But whatever happens... He has transformed English football and transformed Arsenal Football Club. Well, totally fascinating. Thanks so much to Stuart Weir in the UK for that insight into Arsene Wenger. I was really interested by the views of Wenger that it's more important to win with style than just to win, to excite the fans and give them something beautiful to watch. So for Wenger, just winning is not enough. He wants to entertain the fans as well. Although some would say that Arsenal maybe should have won more trophies than they have. Well, you can tell us what you think about this on Facebook and on WhatsApp. Do you agree that it's more important to win with style than just to win? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Now, last week on Facebook, we asked for your views on Watford and Nigeria striker Odion Igalo, who won the Barclays English Premier League Player of the Month award for December. Igalo is a committed follower of Jesus Christ, and he's talked to us about his faith in some of our earlier shows. Now, last week he said that without God, winning the award would not have been possible. We asked what you thought about his achievements, and you've been quick to respond. Abli Osise says it's a well-deserved award because Igalo has been so clinical in front of goal during the past month, and his goals were so crucial for Watford. Congrats to the young lad. Yeah, congrats indeed. And Suleiman Sonko in the Gambia adds, when he's right with God, anything is possible. Congratulations to him. 
Cherno Jallo was impressed with Igalo's five goals in December that contributed to him winning the award. The sky is the limit for Igalo, he says. He has the potential to play in the biggest clubs in Europe. Kudos and keep it up. Kemo Soe and the Gambia says he's a very fine player, fast and strong, and he always has a good eye for goal. You truly deserved it, young man, says Kemo. And from Emmanuel Waike says this is the result of hard work, and Abdu Dem Chelsea says there's more to come from the young lad. I wish him a glorious 2016 season. Also, we asked to who you think will win the 2016 African Nations Championship in Rwanda, where I am. Uh, the DRC, Nigeria, Morocco and Tunisia were among the favourites. And Aliou Fai says it'll be exciting to see the home-based players offering their national team coaches food for thought. And we might see some breakthroughs. But Aliou says it'll be hard to predict, but the Rwanda could be difficult and that nobody would want to play against them in the early stages of the competition. That is very true. Huge crowds have been supporting Rwanda and it makes them difficult to play against. Alan MJ Campbell in Sierra Leone thinks that DR Congo will win the title. He says, I believe they will win because the performance of their clubs in CAF club competitions has been unique over the years. You can't talk about club football in Africa without mentioning TP Mazembe, and the nucleus of the DRC team is from that club. So they have the advantage to gel easily as a team, says Alan. I believe they should win unless they are unlucky. And indeed, Atipi Mazembe and AS Vita Club players feature strongly in the DRC squad. Ebrima KB Sonko agrees. He says, DRC are my favourites. They have a large pool of local talented players to choose from. And they've made a great start to the tournament with two big wins. Another team making a strong start is Nigeria. Solid 4-1 win on Monday against Niger. Matar Cham in the Gambia says, The DRC have a chance, but I'm going for Nigeria. Desmond Tunde Koka in Sierra Leone says, I think Nigeria will be the favourites. Think of how they groom young players who are well known. The competition will be tough, though, as the hosts have the crowd behind them, says Desmond. And Abdul Kadre Turai in the Gambia is confident. Don't worry, he says, my team Nigeria will win it because they know how to play with other African teams. Saikuba Sise, also in the Gambia, goes for Nigeria. But uh, a few people fancy the chances of the host Rwanda, who were the first team through to the quarterfinals. Rwanda will win the trophy, says Lamine Ann in the Gambia. And Alfred Mdimba in Malawi also tips the tournament hosts. And finally, Greg in the Gambia says Rwanda will try hard because of home support, but I think Nigeria will win. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. And this week on Facebook and WhatsApp, tell us, do you think it's important to win with style? What do you think about the sentiments of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger? We heard that he thinks it's important to win with style rather than just grinding out a result. Do you agree or disagree? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Is it important to win with style? It's always great to hear from you. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can follow us on Twitter. 
The address is at Planet Sport FA. You can keep in touch with news about the show and African football news, the Twitter handle at Planet Sport FA. And do check out our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com. If you miss the show, you can always listen again on the website and also you can find out more about the team, the website planetsportfootballafrica.com. Well, now let's catch up with how the Africans are doing in England. Uh, in the FA Cup third round replays midweek, Senegal's Idrissa Gay scored for Aston Villa as they beat Wickham Wanderers 2-0. Gay is a defensive midfielder with 24 appearances for the Senegal national team. In the English Premier League, last Sunday's clash between Liverpool and Manchester United uh, pitted two of the fiercest rivals in the Premier League. It was a match that was something of a watershed for both sides and Man United came away from Anfield with three points and a 1-0 win, Stuart. Yes, certainly. A bit of relief for Van Gaal's Manchester United getting an away win at Liverpool. From an African perspective, Ivorian defender Kolo Torre started and played for 80 minutes. Then he was replaced by a striker as Liverpool chased the game. Good to see him getting game time. It's only actually only his second Premier League start this season. I suppose you could say he's in the twilight of his career. Now, the goal was scored by Wayne Rooney, and that was his 176th Premier League goal, which is a record passing Thierry Henry. And Rooney has now scored in four consecutive games for Manchester United. Another perhaps amusing or embarrassing statistic is that Man U have now scored with all four of their shots on target against Liverpool this season. Hmm. And I suppose you could also note that Van Gaal has played against Liverpool four times in the Premier League and Manchester United have won all four of them. So uh, not good news if you live in Liverpool. So that win lifts Man United to fifth in the table. It's very tight above them. Well, it could hardly be closer because Arsenal, Leicester and Manchester City are separated by one point. Leicester probably will feel that they missed out by only drawing at Aston Villa and Leicester's Algerian Riamares had a penalty saved, and now that's two penalties in a row that he has failed to score with, also against Bournemouth. But hey, the Benny striker Rudy Gestedi came off the bench and scored the equaliser for Aston Villa. So I suppose there's a bit of African glee in that game. But you know, Leicester are still there, thereabouts. Of course, had they managed to win, they'd be top of the league. But they've done amazingly well. Arsenal drew at Stoke, which is often a difficult place to go. And interesting to see the young Nigerian Alex Iwoba playing the last 20 minutes. Now, that's the fourth time that he's got on the pitch in a Premier League game. But that's his longest so far. So clearly, Arsene Wenger has got increasing confidence in him. Manchester City had a comfortable win over Crystal Palace. 4-0. Interestingly, Manchester City left Yaya Torre on the bench for the first hour with the young Nigerian Kelechi Ihanacho in the starting lineup. And again, it's good to see him getting more and more game time for Manchester City. Clearly, highly rated and a prospect for the future. Well, it's great that Kelechi Ihanacho is being used at Manchester City. Also, that Alex Ewobi is easing into the Arsenal team. And Riyad Mahrez has officially been stripped of his penalty taking duties after that second miss from the spot for Leicester. So we heard about Aston Villa's draw with Leicester, but how did the other teams at the bottom get on? Because it's a nervous time as the battle to avoid relegation intensifies in the second half of the season. 
It certainly is. Well, uh, despite their draw, Aston Villa stay very much at the bottom, six points behind. At the moment, it's Newcastle and Sunderland in the bottom three, with Swansea managing to get out of the bottom three with a win over Watford. Now, good to see the Gambian Murubara coming on for the last uh, half hour, as he often does. Andre Ayew played but was substituted. Now, while he scored seven goals this season, he's only got one in the last eight games, and that's probably one of the reasons that Swansea have been struggling a bit. Now, I just need to also tell you that Swansea have appointed a new manager, the former Udinese manager, Francesco Guidolin, and this happened 10 days after they said that Alan Curtis would be staying in charge to the end of the season. How things change in football, eh? Now, for me, Goodolin is a strange choice because he's got a great record in Italy, has managed 10 different clubs, most recently Udinese and Parma and Palermo. But he's no experience whatever in the Premier League. And Alan Curtis, who is, of course, a Swansea legend, having played 360 games for them, is now apparently going to stay on as his assistant. But we'll have to watch how that goes. Sunderland were well beaten at Tottenham 4-1 and uh, things do not look good for the northeast of England with Newcastle and Sunderland in the bottom three. So again, very tight at the bottom. So close there then and it was another frustrating day for the reigning champions Chelsea as they failed to win at home for the eighth time this season. Chelsea drew 3-3 with Everton. Now, this is the third three-all draw in a week in the Premiership with Newcastle, Manchester United and Liverpool and Arsenal also getting that score. It also was a bit of a landmark for John Terry, who managed to score at both ends, an own goal, and then got the equaliser in the last minute. And again, good to see John Obi Mikel playing the whole game. You know, as we've noted before, he wasn't really rated by Mourinho, but in the post-Mourinho era, he's playing all the time. And Stuart, the transfer window is open throughout January. Sunderland signed Senegal's Dam and Doy, who played for Hull in the Premier League previously. And there's hope of better times for Ghana's Christian Achu, the very exciting winger who was loaned from Chelsea to Bournemouth at the start of the season, but surprisingly wasn't used there at all. But there is a glimmer of hope now for Achu. He's now back at Chelsea. And manager who's hitting has actually commented on him in training about how impressive a young player he is. So that's an interesting situation that he couldn't actually get on the pitch even in the League Cup for um, Bournemouth. But back at Chelsea and let's see what happens. Watford have signed the Moroccan Nordin Ambravat from Malaga in Spain. And, you know, that seemed to me a good signing for Watford. They're middle of the table. They've done better than ever before in the Premier League. And to be strengthening the squad seems to be a good thing. And finally, Stuart, you have a fascinating fact about the Togo striker Emmanuel Adebayor. The old Tottenham manager Harry Redknapp told an amusing story on television last week about Adebayor, the Togo player, but he hasn't played for some time. And uh, Harry Redknapp said that in training at Tottenham, they used to have a system that on a Friday, the worst player in training had to pay $75 to a local charity. And Adebayor was voted the worst player, but didn't pay his fine. And teammate Sebastian Basson said to him, come on, Addy, you earn $300,000 a week, pay your fine. 
And Adebayo replied, excuse me, don't insult me. It's 340000 a week, please. <laughs> well, so did he pay his fine in the end? We know that Adebayor has helped many people in Togo back home, so I'm sure that he did pay in the end. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, another bit of news from the English Premier League. Swansea City say they do not intend to sell their top scorer, Andre Ayew of Ghana. They will sign another striker this month, but they will not sell Andre Dede Ayew. Here in Rwanda, the group stage of the African Nations Championship will be concluded over the next few days. The hosts Rwanda play Morocco in their final group game on Sunday. Looking forward to that one. I'll have much more for you from here on the tournament next week. And a few listeners in the Gambia asked us if uh, the African Referee of the Year, Papa Bakari Gassama, is officiating at the tournament. Well, he's not on the referees list, but uh, there is a Gambian assistant referee, Suleiman Sose. I saw him in in action a few days ago. Well, that's it for this week, but on Facebook and WhatsApp, uh, tell us, uh, is it important to win with style? We heard that Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger's philosophy is that it's more important to win with style than to just win. He believes in exciting the fans and giving them something beautiful to watch. So just winning is not enough for him. He wants to entertain the fans. But other managers, such as Jose Mourinho, have a reputation of aiming to win at all costs, even if the football is not entertaining. So what are your views on this? Is it important to win with style, or is it just the result that counts? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA. Our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. From me, Steve Vickers in Kigali in the beautiful country of Rwanda. Also from Solomon Ashoms and from Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.